Hi pals, semi-serious topic today. Expect all the same unfunny jokes, they'll just be poorly timed now. We're gonna talk about forgiveness and empathy. This idea comes from, again, So Long, See You Tomorrow by William Maxwell. I know, I'm pushing him a little bit much, but it's a good book, so chill. <laughs> In his book, Maxwell states it's a pseudo-memoir, which yeah, the first half clearly is. He goes in depth into his childhood and all that. The second half is strictly fiction. Well, I guess not strictly. He writes about something that really happened, but beyond the basic idea, he's making it all up. Sorry, I never really explained what he's writing about, so spoiler warning. Um, Maxwell has this big thing in his life that he regrets. He comes out and tells you, kind of, in the second chapter-ish. He had a friend, um, his friend is kind of, friend is kind of pushing it, and they played together for a week. The kid, Cletus, is a tenant farmer's son and is, is in a completely different class than Maxwell, whose father is a lawyer. I don't, don't quote me on that, I'm only like 75%, not sure what he, <laughs> that's what he does. Anyway, Cletus's mom, Fern, starts cheating on his dad, Clarence, with his dad's best friend, Lloyd. Oh, that sounds confusing, and it's it's, it's kind of confusing, but it's if you read it, it makes sense. <laughs> Clarence finds out and murders Lloyd, uh, cutting off his ear. Symbolism. Don't ask me. I have no, no idea what it could symbolize. Um, and then killing himself. Cletus moves to Chicago with his mom, and a few years, Maxwell follows. He sees Cletus in the hallway at school and doesn't say anything to him, never seeing him again after that, unable to even find him in the yearbook. That's his big regret. He never talks to Cletus, never tries to back him up or be his friend, simply to tell him that he understands, because Maxwell's mom died of the flu when he was young. That's not really the part of the book I want to focus on. Also, unintentional spoiler warning, I guess. A little late now that I think about it, I'm going to go back and warn you. Ha, I already read it. Pulled a time paradox on you. The most interesting part of the book, to me at least, is when Maxwell starts to envision how the whole thing went down. Pre-affair and everything, writing from every perspective, even Cletus's dog, who to be honest, is the best part of the book, and unfortunately the most heartbreaking. The reason I like this last half of the book is for a better reason than just, oh, I don't like nonfiction you. I mean, fair enough, I don't really like nonfiction that much, but it's because he turns your opinions about the characters, can I call them characters? Technically, they're in a book, so I guess I can. Around, forcing you to relate and understand, understand the people who, without seeing from their perspective, are just the worst. It's a trick used by authors all the time. The first example that sp sp springs to mind <laughs> being Toni Morrison and Beloved. The most powerful chapter of the book so far, I'm not really done with it yet, she writes from the perspective of four slave hunters. Yeah, they're horrible people, but the way that she writes from their perspective forces you to understand where they're coming from. Now don't get me wrong, I don't want to relate to slave hunters at all, that whole period of American history pisses me the hell off, but <laughs> it's impossible not to read the account of the school teacher and not see his upbringing being mainly at fault for his actions. So I was going to write more about this and give you how I responded, but I got sidetracked and I like where I went. I'm definitely over on words, but I'll take the points off. It's whatever. Anyway, see you next week.